Well, here we go. This is a long movie, so we'll try to do this in half an hour. That was the opening music to Oliver, with an exclamation point. And it was released in 1968, and was directed by Carol Reed, and stars Mark Lester, Ron Moody, Shani Wallace, and Oliver Reed, who is the nephew of the director, I found out. Yes. Yes, he is. He plays Bill Sykes. Yeah. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews. Find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in iTunes, just search for Classic Movie Reviews or in Facebook, you can also just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And I'm Matt Johnson, recording from Seattle today. And I'm Bob Johnson, recording here in Los Angeles, welcoming everyone back to Classic Movie Reviews for what I think is our 88th podcast. 88th, yep, that's right. Closing in on 100. Closing in, yes, yes, headed to 1,000. In only a few few short years. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come along eventually. No, not at the rate we're going. <laughs> <laughs> a little background on the, uh, on the movie. The director, Carol Reed, one of our favorites, uh, did the 1949 movie The Third Man. And another movie that we have not reviewed that I really like in 1947, The Odd Man Out, with James Mason. It's about the uh, uh, revolutionary independence struggle going on. It never mentions Ireland, but uh, all the write-ups say it's about the IRA, and uh, it's really very, very well done. It has that same black and white shadow effect that we saw so clearly in The Third Man. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great effect in that movie. This movie has some wonderful cinematography as well. Oh, no kidding. I was just looking that up. Oswald Morris was the cinematographer. The production company was Romulus Films, which did another one of our podcast movies, Beat the Devil. Oh, right, which was kind of terrible, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that wasn't one of the best <laughs> And then in 1951, they did a classic African Queen with Humphrey Bogart. Ah, oh, well, that's a Captain good one. Pepper. That's a good one. We haven't done that one yet, I don't think. We have not done the African Queen, no. no. I, I found a, a, an interesting quote about uh, Mr. Reed, and the quote was made by director Michael Powell, and he says, and I quote, Carol could put a film together like a watchmaker puts together a watch. Wow. So with a lot of precision, I guess. A lot of precision and... and Attention to detail. Yeah. I thought that was really appropriate for uh, Oliver, the third man, and the odd man out. Yeah, the thing that just I kept being amazed by were the sets of this movie were just kind of mind-boggling. I know. I couldn't tell at times if they were 
in an actual location or if they were on a set. And I was pretty sure they were on a set most of the time. You know, during the uh, filming of that scene where all the people are walking around and singing in the streets outside that beautiful apartment. Oh, right. Yeah. I think that was filmed on location because I believe I've seen that same semi-curved street with the apartment building and other movies. Yeah, that for sure looked like an actual location. But then when they were doing the dancing in the streets of the town, I don't know, was that London? Um, Uh, Did it ever really say? It didn't say. I think it was, but I think it might have been filmed at the uh, in in the uh, on the soundstage. Yeah, I think it was. I think those ones inside the in the city were uh, on a soundstage. Well done, though. Well done, yeah. and um, it had a large budget for nineteen sixty seven sixty eight of ten million dollars, and it made a uh, in the box office initial release almost seventy eight million dollars. So it was a big hit. Wow. To say nothing of the Academy Awards it won. I think it won six Academy Awards. Yes, there we go. It's uh, won um, Best Picture, Best Director, and four other four other Academy Awards. I'm surprised that I didn't go see it. I was in graduate school at the time, so I may have been limited in my funding to go to see a movie like this. And it wouldn't have played in Boulder. I would have gone into Denver to see it in one of those big old-fashioned movie theaters like the Paramount there in Seattle. Yeah. Definitely would have been one that you'd want to see on a really big screen, you know, to really take it in. Um, Watching it on my iPad didn't have quite the same impact, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought about watching it on my iPhone. Oh. (laughs) I don't think so. So I I opted for the... uh, I, got, I bought a, a DVD and watched it on the regular uh, big uh, flat screen TV here at home. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be better. You know, it, it, it's interesting to me. Um, beautiful color. Lots of the direction is pretty much flawless. The story is pretty much in keeping with uh, Charles Dickens. And yet when I watch it, I'm like, uh, I never really fully got into the movie i it, it it i don't know if the music got in the way of the story or i'd read oliver twist it just i mean it's wonderful and yet i i don't know i just it wasn't a it wasn't a home run in my view i i have really similar feelings mm-hmm. i i love the the cinematography i love the sets I thought the music, it was, I had these uh, mm-hmm. moments of like, oh, that's where that song comes from. Oh, that's where that song comes from. Yes. Like that, like that song, Food, Glorious Food.
I didn't realize that it was from this movie, so that was interesting to to have that experience. Uh, but I, I was always got I was always being taken out of the movie by this feeling of like this is awful. Like these kids are being exploited, and this is this they're kind of making it into this musical, and and I, I have I don't really like that and I kept thinking that there are kids in the world today living this life and I, I just kept man I just could not like stay in the movie my head kept going to how terrible the situation was for those kids and then and then I would connect it to the real world and then I would be out of the movie no I know and just to kind of go over some of the highlights Oliver's in a workhouse and then he's sold into service and and he's, he's sold. He's sold. In his oh, yeah. And and well, and nobody well, wants to buy him, so the price keeps going down. I think it was like three pence by the time he was sold. And then he's he's with that awful uh, older group. And then to have music to that, I, I just, you know what? I, I I kept thinking about singing in the rain, which is one of my favorites. So maybe that's an unfair comparison, but that one really linked the story and the music perfectly. This one. Like you said, it's like, wow, this is, for these kids, it's uh, like hell on earth, and yet they're singing and dancing around. Yeah, that's probably a good summary of what I was experiencing. And and that's not to detract from the amazing, like, choreography of the musical numbers or the great, you know, writing of the, of the musical parts of it. It's just that when you've got, when you've got this contrast between these kids that are, basically being exploited by Fagin and and going out and doing these really dangerous jobs then and then you've got these musical numbers it's it's just was such a disconnect for me and wasn't uh, uh, Oliver Reed's character totally believable as a scary oh my god yes murderer. he was so good in this movie and and I got I got so fascinated by his character that I started reading up on the actual actor, and wow, what a story with him too! No kidding, yeah, he uh, he burned out at I think the age of sixty one, had a heart attack and died. He died at a bar from drinking all night long, basically. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think that was kind of the I think he died of a heart attack, but it was because he'd been drinking so much and. Um, but just seeing him in this movie and and thinking about how amazing he was it's really too bad that he couldn't get his life together because he had so much potential to to make more movies you know i've seen a couple of his movies and he's really he's really intense he um he looks like he's going to flame out in the films i've watched it just is so uh I don't know, charismatic, and he fills the screen a lot. Yeah, the two movies that popped up on IMDb when you look at his profile are this one and Gladiator. And I was like, he was in Gladiator? Really? And then I realized that by looking at the pictures, which character he played. But Oh, that that's right. He's somebody's father. Yeah. Yeah, so... And then I thought the guy uh, who played Fagin, Ron Moody, was, was also just an incredible actor. And was when he was on the screen, I was noticing every little eye movement, every little raise of his eyebrow. It was it was all just perfect for the character. It was, and I uh, to kind of team up on that. I 
I would I would look at his hands and I'm thinking those hands have never seen soap and water. <laughs> it, was, it was exactly like I would imagine it would have been at that time. You know, the the the, the understanding of health issues and hygiene was pretty limited. Man, oh man. And and what was kind of what I liked about his character too was that in the movie at least I think it's different in the book, but in the movie at least he he seems to have kind of a, a soft spot like he's not totally evil like Bill Sykes seems to be, and he also is trying to figure out how he can get out of this life even though he just doesn't have the courage or the the conviction to actually do it. But there's that one scene when he's gathered up all of his gold and money and he he's. You know, singing to himself to try to give himself the courage to leave, and then he just can't do it. I'll look after myself. A man's got a heart, hasn't he? Joking apart, hasn't he? And though I'd be the first one to say that I wasn't a saint, I'm finding it hard to be really as black as they paint. I'm reviewing the situation. Can a fella be a villain all his life? All the trials and tribulations. Better settle down and get myself a wife. And the wife would cook and sew for me and come for me and go for me and go for me and nag at me. The finger she would wag at me, the money she would take from me, a misery she'd make from me. I think I'd better think it out again. And then at the oh, very end of the movie when he's like, well, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and then... The um, Artful Dodger shows up and kind of like... I thought that scene was really interesting because I, I, it wasn't so much that Ron, that Fagin wanted to go back into being a thief, although I think that that was his life. I, I almost felt like he wanted to look out for the Artful Dodger. Like he, he, he sort of was the parent figure for those kids. And then it, it, uh, the movie kind of fades away as they go off. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably right. And he didn't really have any, he didn't, he'd probably done that kind of thing all his life. He'd probably been one of those kids, right? Growing up in that world. I would think so. Yeah. This is what happens. Then I read about Mark Lester, who plays Oliver in this. He completely got out of the entertainment business and became a, you know, osteopath. Yeah, I read that too. (laughs) (laughs) And then... In the last two or three years, he came back, and I think he's made a couple of films. Well, and, and I, this was interesting that that for the longest time, it was only in the last decade or so, maybe fifteen years, that it was revealed that that wasn't actually his voice you know, singing in the movie. It yeah, was they a, sure made it look like it was. But regardless of that, like he he was a really good actor in this film too. He he did a great job of just showing that emotion of sort of curiosity mixed with like fear mixed with hope. It was really good. There's the scene where he first arrives in London, but he's, he's, he's just sort of full of hope of like, okay, I'm going to start a new life here. And then he meets the artful Dodger. And... What you staring at? 
Haven't you never seen a top? No, never. I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, that's all right. Hungry? Yes, I am. I've come a long way. I've been walking for seven days. Oh, been running away from the beak, have you? The what? Now, don't say you don't know what a beak is, Miss Flashblade. It's a bird's mouth, isn't it? My eyes, how green can you get? For your information, a beak's a magistrate. Who are you running away from then? You old man? No, I'm an orphan. I've come to London to make my fortune. Oh, you have, have you? Got any lodgings? Money? Not a farthing. You live in London. What then? Uh, I suppose you want uh, some place to sleep tonight, eh? Do you know of anywhere? Ooh. As it so happens, I know a, a respectable old gentleman what'll give you lodgings for nothing. Really? I never asked for the change. That is, if any other gentleman he knows introduces you. And don't he know me? Huh. He must be a very kind old gentleman. Oh, oh yes, 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 he's very kind. And uh, I'm a particular favourite of his. Well now, if uh, you're coming along, I'd better know who you are. My name's Oliver. Oliver Twist. And mine's Jack Dawkins. Better known among me more intimate friends as the Artful Dodger. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Dodger. Sure the old gentleman won't mind. Mind? Consider yourself at home. Consider yourself one of the family. I've taken to you so strong. It's clear we're going to get along. Consider yourself. It was interesting that he, he even, even all the things that had happened to him, he was still looking for a little bit of light in his life. I know, it was, it really was uh, uh, something to watch that. I, I was also uh, watching the comparison between the wealthy and the uh, Oh my gosh! Yeah, or the, the, the contract, which the is so so evident right in the beginning scene when they're at the workhouse and the kids have this gruel, which just like must be awful because it looks awful, and and then they have the the people that run the workhouse are in a room next door with this amazing spread of like turkey and ham and you know all this great food, and and how could you with any kind of conscience like sit there and eat that food while these kids are starving next door. It's just my I know. And, and basically, they're, they're in a slavery position. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. No way to escape. I was going to, while we were visiting, I was going to look up the, what, what the ingredients are in gruel. <laughs> Whatever is left around. <laughs> I think I, It'll take me a second, but I, I'm sure that I can find it here. Not that I'm going to make any. I don't. I, I don't think I'd want to even. Although the guy that runs the workhouse offers to give the recipe for gruel to the to the people that first buy uh, uh, Oliver, and they say that the reason he's acting up so much is because he's being overfed. He's got too much energy. Too much. Uh, yeah. Well, I found the definition. Gruel is a type of food consisting of some type of cereal. 
oats, wheat, or rye flour, or rice, boiled in water or milk. And then it's thinned out to, you know, cover to be, uh, so there's more of it. Oh, so it's basically like a hot, hot cereal, but like not oh, a good, not a good one. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll pass. Yeah. Well, and then, so, and so there's that, there's that instance of it, which is so vivid. And then there's the difference between the movie before the intermission and then the movie after the intermission. And, yes. You know, there's the movie before the intermission is basically all about the kids and and uh fagan and nancy and bill sykes and then the movie after the intermission pulls in like this upper class aristocratic world and how clean it is like did you notice how clean the street was when they showed the people dancing there in that kind of town center? i know yeah it, it was beautiful compared to the but i, I agree with you the first part was like act one was like whoa it's awful. Uh, I'm trying to see who played Mr. Brownlow. I got that here. Joseph O'Connor. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, he was quite wealthy. How about Hugh Griffith as the magistrate? Yeah, yeah. he couldn't even he couldn't even like start the day without a drink under his desk. He's, there's a there's another film I forget the name of it, where he plays that same part. He was he was very good at playing the half-drunk authority figure. God, wow. it's um, awful. The, um, that was an interesting scene in the courthouse because they, they, there was no process. He was just basically like running these people through and he didn't, right. even, he didn't even really hear any, any uh, witnesses or, or anything. He didn't really even care, actually, it seemed like. But fortunately, Mr. Brownlow was there and... Um, what was it that, the, 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 oh, somebody else showed up and says, well, it wasn't Oliver, it was these other two kids that took my wallet, or that took the wallet. Was that, that I wasn't... think it was a, a bookseller character who witnessed what went on and, and, and said that Oliver was innocent. Right, but then, okay, so, but then, so he was let go, and Mr. Brownlow kind of took a, took an interest in him. I wonder if he saw something of his niece in, in Oliver right there in, in that moment, you know? Because oh, that's a good, good point. I think he probably did. Because why would he do that? That was, that was a question I had. And then once it was revealed that, well, I mean, I knew this from the story, but, you know, once I started thinking about the fact that uh, Oliver was related to him, there, it's kind of like fate intervening there. Well, one of the things that I had a hard time with this movie, and I generally have a hard time with movies that do this, is like um, they set up like this pretense for what the drama is going to be, right? So basically, Oliver's gone off to this really great life with the Mr. Brownlow, and he's all dressed up, he's all cleaned up, and then Bill Sykes just won't let it go. He won't let it go. We've got to get him back, do you hear? Nab him the first time he sets foot out of the door. He never goes out alone. You know that. Don't you back on to me, my girl. Three days since I spotted him. And what you done about it, eh? Hey. Nothing. 
we got to get hold of him somehow. Lowe's coming. Suppose it'll have to be me. Shut your trap, Dodger. You've caused enough trouble already. It's got to be done quiet, no fuss. Someone who has the boy's confidence. Nancy, my dear, what do you say? It's no good you trying it on with me. And uh, just exactly what do you mean by that remark? What I say, I'm not going. Can't you leave the boy alone? He won't do you no harm. Why can't you leave him where he is, where he'll have the chance of a decent life? You'll bring him back here, my girl. Unless you want to feel my hand on your throat. Nancy, my dear, we must have that boy brought back. If he talked, think what would happen to us. Think what would happen to Bill. It would be the gallows for him, Nancy. The drop. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you, my dear? Not to Bill. Not to you. She'll go, Fagin. No, she won't, Fagin. She will, Fagin. It's it's clear by by the time that they go about getting Oliver that Oliver hasn't ratted him out. Like he would have been caught already if Oliver had. And you know, so it's just like I guess that speaks more to Bill Sykes' character of just being obsessed with control and and needing to wrap up all these loose ends. Um, but I I don't know. I just I just really wanted Oliver to like have that happy ending there, and and the movie could have been over. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does uh, take up uh, two and a half hour almost yeah two and a half hours of time. There were some other actors that were considered for the Ron Moody part. I was reading about that, too. Among them were Peter Sellers, would probably would have done well with that. One that kind of got my attention, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, wow. And Peter O'Toole. I could see Peter O'Toole, and I could see um, Peter Sellers, but... Dick Van Dyke, I, I, I guess. I, I, I always see him as the <laughs> chimney sweep in... in uh, um, oh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, yeah, thanks. Yes. And then for the Nancy character, a couple people, Elizabeth Taylor was considered. Oh. And Julie Andrews. So those parts could have been Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews. Wow, that would have been different. Would have changed the whole tenor of the film, wouldn't it? It would have. I thought Shani Wallace did a really good job, though, and I I liked her character a lot. I I thought that she was really strong and courageous and she 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 was look she was probably the one more than anybody that was looking out for those kids and yeah then, and then we find out that she'd grown up in that in, in that the, same in environment yeah well let's see here i gave the film a six. Oh, tell me more scale of zero to ten uh, and I think it's mainly because of what you said earlier, the contrast between that life and turning it into a musical. This was hard for me to really get into it. How about you? Yeah, I, I think I've done this before. I'm going to divide my divide my uh, ratings and then maybe take an average. So I'll give the direction, the acting, the sets, the cinematography, the movie... 
I mean, sorry, the music, like a nine. And I'll give my enjoyment of the movie <laughs> about a five. Yeah. So I, I think that it's just, it, it's not that it's not a well done movie. It's an amazingly well done movie. It's just that I could not connect to it. And I, I was really having a hard time with just thinking about those kids and what was going on. And the fact that they gloss over how bad it probably really was. Like if you think about how bad it probably really was and is for those kids, it's so much probably worse even than what they showed, you know? So. I agree totally. I wondered, and I haven't looked this up, I should have, I wondered what the uh, other films were in running for the Academy Award uh, the year that Oliver won. I, I, I should have done that. And I don't find it here in my notes right off the bat. But uh, So I, I guess I would give it a seven overall. Um, seven? Yeah. Six and seven, so. Uh, yeah, uh it's worth watching, but um, I had to set aside the. the I, I think I would have found it more enjoyable had I not read Oliver Twist, the you know the the, the book. Yeah. Well, which is unrelentingly. Doesn't uh, Fagin get hung at the end of that movie? At the end of the book, is it or Bill Sykes? One of them is hung at the end. I think that's Sykes. Sykes, yeah. It's been a long time since I've read the book. Uh, I haven't read that book since uh, college. I think I'll go back and read it again, though. And and Sykes does die at the end of this movie, um, but not by being hung. I mean, he is sort of hung in a way. He's dangling from that rope over the alleyway. Not a good way to end the day. Oh, another thing I thought about is like uh, some of the stunts that they did looked somewhat dangerous like i i it really looked like the actors were climbing around and at, yes. the, at, the, at the very end when the when the walkway was collapsing into that ooze that was yeah really looked like um oliver reed was was about ready to fall fall into it <laughs> so i'm sure they had good safety measures and whatnot but yeah that was that was well done it, it did give a good sense of uh, danger i think that probably uh, emphasizes the quality of Carol Reed's direction. Yeah, agree. Make it look that good because it does look good. I just, I think you put it best when you said the enjoyment of the film was was a five for you, and that, and for me it's a six. So yeah. Well, so we talked about what we wanted to do next. I think we did. We had a couple of choices: uh, Shane and uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Oh right, and you you'd been watching like a documentary about that, right? Well, it's a, it's a docudrama. Docudrama between uh, uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and the director Robert Aldrich, and and it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's kind of to say it's a documentary in my mind says, well, maybe sort of. It's but, loosely uh, based it, on real it, events. <laughs> yes, based yeah, based on real events. So it got my interest because I haven't seen uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane since. That came out and I was in college. Might be worth seeing. Yeah, why don't we watch that one? Because you'll be able to connect it to this uh, other show that you've been watching. It'd be kind of interesting. Okay, and then follow that up with Alan Ladd and Shane. Yeah, and I and I uh, really want to watch Shane because Shane was. Um... Just give me a second here. I'm going to remember what movie I was watching. 
where they what were oh uh logan that new uh, wolverine movie the movie shane actually plays kind of a big part in that movie and i was oh. like why is why is there this like three minute clip of shane in the middle of the movie logan and i really want to watch shane now and you've talked a lot about it as well so i kind of want to check that out Well, you you have not seen shane i've not seen shane no oh my I went. I went to see Shane with my cousin. We were in Duluth, Minnesota, and he and I got on the bus. I don't think I'd ever ridden on a bus before, and off we went to the movie theater in downtown Duluth. Wow! <laughs> Funny cool. how I remember that detail because that movie is so good. I think that's why I remember it. How how I happened to see it. You're, you're going to enjoy it, and the scenery is unbelievably beautiful. Cool. All right. Well, so that was Oliver. We sort of had very mixed feelings about it. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews. And I'm Matt Johnson coming to you from the Seattle area. And Bob Johnson here in Los Angeles wishing everyone happy movie watching. Once a villain, you're a villain to the end. Your light fingers. Your inspiration. What for the a team, team am I your partner? For a friend. For your talent is employable, so make your life enjoyable. A world with pockets open wide awaits your whim to grope inside. Collections undetectable. We might retire respectable. Together till our dying day. The living proof that crime and pay. I think we'll have to think it out again. Hey!
29 minutes. <laughs> That's pretty good. We're getting good about half hours. Yeah, it's but a lot easier. To put in some of the music. Yeah, it'll be perfect. I think my favorite music in the show is when they're they're all dancing around and they're using those umbrellas that look like wheels on carriages. Oh, yeah, that was and, so cool. And uh, that production number was... But at the same time, it just pointed out how frustrating it was for me to watch this. You really think those kids are going to do that in that environment? God. No, of course not. Have you ever watched the movie West Side Story from like the 1950s? That's another one I haven't seen. I had the same, I, had, I still do. I have the same feeling about that. They portray gang gangs in New York City with music. It just... I just have, I think I have difficulty because it's such a contrast between what the real life would be like. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, it's like, you know, you get, you want to, you want to get taken away into the world of the, of the movie when you're watching it. And if, if you keep thinking about the real world as you're watching it, it just, it's hard to get into it. That's what happened to me with this one. Have you seen Logan? Yeah, it's so good. It's really I've good. I've heard it's really good. It's violent um, and dark, but good. A movie that we need to add to our list is Odd Man Out with James Mason, that Carol Reed film from 1947. It's really good. It's okay. really film noir. <laughs> All right. Maybe we could do <laughs> another film noir series of movies. Wow. Love you. Love you. These are great. We'll have to do the next one. I have to, I have to find the film. I don't know if I can get it. I probably can't stream it from Netflix, but maybe I can get it from Amazon. Yeah, I've got to find it too. <laughs> we haven't Wait, been as good. A, we haven't been as good about finding movies that are easy to get. Like I had to buy Oliver on iTunes, which was fine. I did too. I couldn't. Yeah, I had to buy it. Yeah. So maybe that's what I'll have to do for this one. But we'll see. That's okay because we've that we the last two that we've it's been like a month between when we published these. So it'd be nice if we could maybe get back on a two week schedule. So maybe. Well, let's. See what whatever works for your schedule, yeah. Yeah, it's just been You're gonna rough. be busy. It's been been busy, but I don't and, even if it's only once a month. Let's just keep going because things will like lighten up at work, and then we can get back on a quicker schedule. Like I have no intentions of like stopping doing this by any means. We just keep going. Me neither. Me neither. And when next we do it, I'll I'll know whether or not I'll be the next volunteer guild. Oh or right. President. Have I found out yet? that. At the fund, they have almost fourteen hundred volunteers. Wow! Isn't that's that an a amazing lot of people? Number? Dang! Yeah, that's cool. So anyway, I'll let you know. 